everybody, uh, Blake from Marvel.com here, and we have a very, very, very special episode of the podcast today. Uh, we spoke with the showrunner of The Defenders, uh, the awesome Marco Ramirez. He stopped by the office, and we had a very lengthy chat, maybe some spoilers, so just be a little careful. Uh, stay tuned. I'm going to get my radio voice now. <clears throat> Me too. It's pretty much the same as... <coughs> Hey everybody, uh, Blake with Marvel.com here in Joe Casada's office in Marvel HQ, and we have a very, very special guest on the show. Introduce yourself, sir. Hi, my name is Marco Ramirez. <laughs> that's your radio voice? Yeah, that's my <laughs> that's silky smooth. Um, <laughs> so I got to tell everyone, because some people have complained, sometimes we have spoilers for TV episodes. You and I ad nauseumly talked about how much you would talk about. We're just going to roll with it, see what happens, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, let's first start off. So fans, if they don't know you f- from what we're about to talk about, you wrote season one of the f- uh, Daredevil. Yeah. And you... Well, showed- not all of it, but I was so, in the room. In yeah. the room. <laughs> and then you co-show ran season two... Of Daredevil. Of Daredevil. Yeah. And then now The Defenders. Now The Defenders. Which is like the Avengers of Marvel television. Yeah, people keep saying it's the event. Yeah, I, I prefer to think of it as like one of those super bands, when a bunch of other, yeah, it's like, is it Temple of the Dog? Oh. Or like uh, Queens of the Stone Age? Like the right? Traveling Wilburys? Right, one of, one of those like, am I wrong? Queens of the are Stone those? Age. There you go, them, them, crooked, them crooked Vultures. Yeah, it's that. In turn That's what we are. Chiming in. Yeah. Um, it's that it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, a. Uh, it is the, yes, sure. You could, if to my mom, I would describe it as, Oh, it's the Avengers, but for, <laughs> for the Netflix TV universe, but to anyone else, I, I choose to describe it as the, as kind of like a band made up of, uh, members of other bands. I, I want to talk before we get into that. I want to talk a little about your backstory. We've talked about it before, but like you have very interesting backstory. You you do plays, <laughs> you still do plays. Yes. You went to Juilliard. Yes. Which is a big deal. It's yeah for writing. It's I think it's a bigger deal to go for piano. Oh <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. It's 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 a, it's, a, it's it's an honor, and I was very very lucky to go. Yes. Give us a little quick smattering of some of your previous work. Um. Well, I so yeah, I started in theater. Uh, I was always a guy who read comics and who played video games and who watched way too much TV. Uh-huh. Um. But uh, theater was was an interest. I think it was like something tangible that I could get my hands on and make. Um, I think if I if I'd maybe been born five years later, I would have made movies with friends on cheap cameras. But that I, that wasn't like something that was accessible to me. So theater was the thing. Uh, so I started writing plays, and uh, that got me to to NYU and then Juilliard, and then Juilliard got me my first TV gig on uh, on an FX show called Sons of Anarchy. Mm. Uh, which was wonderful and violent and, oh, edu- an and educational. Show, one of the best shows of all time. What? Wow, that's like, thank you. That's I haven't cool. seen it. I'll be honest, but oh. I've heard. That <laughs> but it's one of but the you're best just going to throw that out there. Yeah. You're going to throw out that accolade. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it was it's a lot of fun. It was it was a perfect educational experience. Um, so did that, and then bounced around in the TV in TV land. Uh, worked on a bunch of shows. Uh, worked on Orange Is the New Black season one. Nice. That kind of got me into the Netflix world hopped over into Daredevil because I really wanted to work on the character and also uh, with Drew Goddard mm-hmm. who was running it at the time and um, it was it was a blast it was a lot of fun and we kind of got to lay the base coat on what the Netflix Marvel world would become um, yeah man so, so did that then after th- then Steve DeKnight came in he ran it uh, and, and we, we had this awesome violent show that people were I think surprised by and we went right on. Then Doug and I were asked to run Daredevil season two, 
and uh, we were then given the keys <laughs> to the locker <laughs> and they opened the locker and they said here is Frank Castle here is Electro Nachios and we were like yes please uh, so that was all in Daredevil season two and now uh, I'm about to finish the Defenders so uh, it's been a it's been a fun a fun journey Marvel has been very kind to me and uh, has I've I've been really lucky to be here but I I did the uh, yeah so so that's my that's my journey at Marvel and speaking of best shows of all time Daredevil is up there. I mean, wow. when, when you get compared <laughs> to... I haven't seen Daredevil either. I'm just kidding, I've seen Daredevil. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> um, no, I mean, you compare it... It gets compared to The Wire, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. Like, that's some good company. That's real good company. Yeah. I'll take that. Um, I mean, you know, those comparisons are... That's 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 really flattering. Um, I don't know. I, it's, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, I... I uh, yeah, I mean, I, as a fan of TV, you know, as a, as a, as a guy who grew up on that, on, on some of that stuff, and uh, all, all I can just do is be flattered, sure. Yeah, mm. I'll, t- I'll take those. <laughs> I just, I actually, when you were talking about it, I had a flashback, because the last time I inter- interviewed you was on set of season two, and then you were just about to come out with your play. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm blanking the Royale. The Royale, which yep. is fantastic. Thank you. You got me ticket. I appreciate yeah, it. you got it. Um, I want to talk about that for a second because it felt really, it was really cool. Like it was an intimate, it was a medium-sized theater, but it felt really yeah. intimate and like you were the only one watching the play. And yeah. it was almost like, like I'm, I'm in a, in a fight scene. Yeah, it was a play about boxing. Yeah. Meanwhile, listeners are just tuning out one by one. They're like, wait a second. He's not going to talk about the Daredevil outfit? <laughs> That's what I'm doing at, Fuck the, this. at the end, so they have to go through it. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was a good play. And I think that one of the, one of the things that was, that, was the, that was the best part of that process, at least here in New York, was uh, uh, just because you brought up The Wire a second ago, was Clark Peters yes. was in it. Who's uh, also, yeah, who's also on JJ. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was, he was wonderful. He's, he's just one of those great actors. He's one of my favorite parts of The Wire. Mm. And... Uh, when when we got his name thrown in the list as people who were possibly going to play a part in my play, I was like, "Wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's happening?" Uh, and he was great, so you got to see him. He's he's just a lovely, lovely man. Is there anything you working on any plays? I'm working on a, a top secret uh, musical with a really big musical uh, catalog right now. Wow. I'm not a musical person per se, but this was one where like the music was so cool, like had to I could not turn it down. You're a music person. I'm a music but, person. Yeah, yeah. I I. I I played two instruments badly. What? Uh, I, I mean, I play the guitar and I play drums badly. But uh, I, I feel I always feel the need to say badly at the end of it. Um, but it's fun. It's a good way. It's it's weird. I think as a, as a writer, you you kind of engage with just the intellectual part of the brain and never with kind of like the physical part of the brain or, or the part of expression. So it's I, I find it really uh, exciting to write for an hour or two and then just go sit at my drum set, play for ten minutes kind of zone out it's weirdly like it's it's almost uh, meditative oh. uh, and then come back to writing and be like okay wait what, what was the brain doing because mm-hmm. um, just letting the body get rid of some energy first and then come back um, my neighbors are not a big fan of my process I don't think um, take me through the timeline of how you found out you were going to take over not take over but get the defenders <laughs> you know like you're, you're let's say you're you're working on Daredevil season 2 and then yeah. midway through they tell you it was i think like 2 or 3 months before we were done uh the one and only Jeff Loeb uh came up and said uh how do you guys how do you want how do you feel about the the defenders um and so the offer came and it was like great news and it was you know hey we'd like you to play the Super Bowl halftime show is basically what it felt like uh, so that happened. Um, what was fun about it, though, was we kind of couldn't be public about it and couldn't tell anyone. Jeff didn't want anyone to know, so I couldn't say anything to anyone. So 
members of the cast would come up. I was still shooting Daredevil. Uh, so, you know, Charlie, Deb, Eldon, people would just be asking questions like, do you know, what do you know about who's, who are, who's doing the defenders? And I had to be like, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, so, so there, <laughs> that was that process. And then suddenly, uh, you know, I, and I'm in a writer's room and, and I, I have, I get to write, I get the, the honor and the privilege of writing, uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage and Danny Rand on a board for the first time. And that felt like this is real. Uh, and it's, it's weirdly one of my favorite parts of the process. I remember doing it on, on uh, Sons of Anarchy that first time ever was writing the names of the characters because I came in on season three and I worked on season three and four, the Irish and the cartel seasons. And, uh, and uh, just, being, just writing the names of the characters on the board for the first time felt like, oh, wow, this is now, like I'm actually doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to do that with, uh, especially because JJ and Luke had both been uh, released at that point, to much critical acclaim, there were characters and actors that I that I loved. I felt like, oh, what like what a cool honor to just write JJ on the board in her own kind of you know color coding the board and just like she's purple, like there's JJ and writing Luke in orange. I felt like, oh, okay, that's uh, that's 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 a toy I get to play with now. <laughs> uh, in a way, it was it was as big a deal as, as writing Frank or or Electra on the board for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I got I was I kind of got to do a full fresh version of those with Doug or we were, we were like okay let's let's make our version of these characters um, with JJ and Luke what what Mel on JJ and Cheo on Luke had done was so good that it felt like yes please can we can I can I lease this car for a couple months um, I, I will give it back to you in pristine condition I promise <laughs> uh, but yeah so that's a long winded answer that's for you. amazing yeah. uh, I gotta make a note if fans hear um uh, ambulances and cop sounds in the background. It's uh, uh, what day is it? Saint it's St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> so uh, it's fitting for a defender's uh, background, though. So very fitting. Of, yeah. Yes, the crisis that unites the heroes. <laughs> so uh, it's, I think it's the first time in comics we're ever doing that. <laughs> yeah, um, first time yeah. for everything. Um, so did, when did you meet the rest of the cast? Did you? I mean, you know. For fans who aren't aware, like they're filming next door to each other. Some shows coherent. Yeah, did right you, next to each other. Um, did you know the people, the other cast before? Charlie, I knew obviously. Of course. Um, then, but Kristen, I think who's kind of bi-coastal. She bounces between New York and LA. I think she was in the offices one day, and and Jeff Loeb brought her up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, we've since kind of become really good kind of partners in crime in this. She's one of my favorite actors I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, but she. I think she had a healthy amount of kind of cynicism, like, okay, who are these people? What are they doing? Who who are these writers I've never seen? What are they doing with my character that I loved and that I, that I love and that I helped kind of create? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so she was, you know, she was the same as I would have been, like, okay, who am I handing? It, it almost weirdly felt like we. I came to pick up. Uh, I was I was a teenager again, and I came to pick up someone's daughter, and and uh, <laughs> someone's dad. Her dad is looking at me like, what are you gonna? What's happening? So uh, met her, and she she uh, once she got to read scripts, I think she felt like, oh okay, I, th- I think I think we all know what what JJ is. We all understand. And and Mike was at you know like a, a Netflix thing where I just I just turned around, and, the, and there was this 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 tall man in a three piece suit who looked like James Bond, <laughs> and they were like, this is Mike Coulter, and I was like, hello, okay, <laughs> um, sure, you're a superhero in the flesh, you are here, right? Um, 
and uh, and yeah, and, and then and then once they, they they hadn't cast Finn on on uh, Iron Fist yet, but once they did, uh, I think we had we had a similar meeting where it was just like here here are here's the writers' room who's putting together defenders for you, and Finn was at that point I'm pretty sure like I just I just need to finish Iron Fist. I'll worry about that later. Um, no, he wasn't, but but he was uh, you know he was in the middle of shooting, whereas L- Mike and uh, Kristen were at least kind of on hiatus and enjoying mm. basking and. A little glory and getting recognized at every Starbucks they ever walked into, which is which is great. It's funny because I saw the uh, inter- I mean everybody saw the Entertainment Weekly mm-hmm. uh, piece, and that's when for me I kind of geeked out seeing them and kind of a couple of them in the costume together. Mm-hmm. I mean, tell me what was it like for you on set to finally like the first time they're all together as a comics fan. Yeah, uh, I mean, there were there are a couple different partnerships in the show, or you know, friendships or relationships that evolve, and it it kind of happened at different points um, for me to realize, oh, this is really happening. What these mm-hmm. two are meeting, and it actually came to the to to the, in the writing process more so even than seeing the actual seeing the actors in the same room, because we had all seen each other at various things at various I don't know Netflix gala events, fancy things where champagne is being poured, and oh my God, Aziz Ansari is right there. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> That happened more than once, um, but uh, it was it was actually just in the writing and, and getting to write those those lines of dialogue next to each other. You know, you know, Luke lays his eyes on Danny Rand, and he's just like, "Oh, wow, that that feels big," mm-hmm. um, in a weird way, just seeing it on in text form or putting it up on the boards. Like, how are we going to do this? Because uh, shooting it is is you know very much about just making the schedule and making the day and getting there. But in the writers' room, we kind of, or even in table reads and stuff, we kind of got to look at each other like, "Holy shit, this is happening!" and really enjoy that because I think we had a little more time mm-hmm. to kind of just geek out about it. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, I got to mention Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Which is like I try to not have any conversation where I don't mention Sigourney Weaver <laughs> these days. Yeah. I mean, I that's just huge. Like, I got no question there. I'm just gonna mumble. Over yeah, that. no, it was huge. It was that it's that weird thing where we had been talking about who this character was for several months and modeling it after someone and then that Jeff Loeb calls to say we got that someone and mm-hmm. it just feels like wait what like that it's happening and uh, I mean she was just she's just a, an honor to work with she's just one of the smartest uh, I don't know I just I've, I kind of get weirdly emotional when I think about her too because I also think in in casting someone like Sigourney I think there's an op- we we got this opportunity to honor someone who had been so uh, influential in, in the way that genre stories are told, period. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, I, I think you can trace the DNA through sci-fi, through comics, through everything. You can trace Jessica Jones back to Ripley in some ways, you know, like, not, not only, I'm not saying it's the same character, but, you know, that kind of same, that same strength, you know, it's just, it's just about honoring the stuff that came right before you mm-hmm. in, in a way. So to get her in the room to get her on screen, to get her at, the, at that first table read, felt like, oh my God, we actually get to, we get to say thank you to her, by by kind of be honored to be able to write for her and have her be this this force of nature on the show. Um, so I mean, that's my long winded way of just saying I couldn't believe it either, and I still don't, and I still, I, I will I will forever keep the the emails I would get from her, which are like Marco, some quick thoughts, and she'd sign them Sig, and I would just be like, this is happening. Uh, which I'm sure someday I'll get over, but I actually hope I never do. <laughs> I actually hope I never do when it comes to people like Sigourney, who I think have been quite important and influential in in the the way that we are able to tell stories in movies and TV today mm-hmm. that we can. And what can you say about her character without the Marvel hand pulling you out of the sky? 
Uh, she's she's everything Sigourney's good at, um, mm. which is, I mean, she's good at everything, so that's hard to say. Uh, but she's, um, I mean, she's smart, she's classy, she's sophisticated, and she's really, really dangerous. Um, she's, in, in some ways, the, these shows are, are, well, not in some ways, these shows are all pretty street level. So it did kind of had to feel it had to feel like the someone who who's who's street level but still felt like the hand of God or somebody who's on the ninetieth story of a skyscraper pulling the pulling the strings in a way. Um, so it had to feel simultaneously really grounded and otherworldly, and uh, and she just pulls it off. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, spoiler wise. I'm sure by the time this comes out, some more details will be revealed about her character. Mm. But uh, I've said it before, before, and I'll say it again. She's just that. She's that rare actor who you buy sitting at a boardroom and also holding a, fo- a flamethrower yeah. like she's very few people can actually do both of those things and uh and she's just she's just great she's mm-hmm. really fun and the thing i love about the marvel tv universe is you guys put in some you pepper in some characters that you see from the past mm-hmm. i remember the one that really got me in daredevil season two i forget his name but at first episode he was uh Daredevil picks up his car and he throws him in prison. And he's in a lot of Luke Cage. He's playing chess in Luke Cage. Turk? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's when it hit me that I was like, they're building a world. Like, they are building a world. Yeah. For you guys, what's been some of your favorite kind of pepperins of of characters? Um, I mean, putting Turk in Defenders is fun. Oh, uh, great. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah, I love him. Wait, is he in it? Yeah. <laughs> it's all a blur at this point. Um, I mean, it's the same. It's, that's that's what you get with all these lovely. Uh, it's because they're not really cameos. These people have arcs, you know. But but being able to deal in, uh, Deb Ann Wool, who plays Karen mm-hmm. Page, being able to put Rosario in the world, uh, Claire Temple, just being able to put Stick in that world. Just they're all playing in the same, in 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 the same messy uh, New York street corner. Uh, and then even I mean there's a Jerry Hogarth you know they're all Carrie and Moss they're all in here and it's 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 really fun to see them interact uh, I don't I don't know that I could pick one out as being the most fun frankly I think I think among the, to me the most fun interactions to to witness and to be able to work on have been between the four leads mm. have been what we call one A through one D on the call sheet. Uh, being able to say like, oh wow, that's a that's a JJ Luke moment that really popped, or that's a Matt JJ Luke that really popped, or that's a Luke Danny moment that really popped. It just feels uh, that's that's the stuff that I that I that I'm the most excited by, and that I'm pretty sure the audience is is that's why they came. Right. You know, they, they came here to see these four people uh, work together and 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 or not work together. Um, but those those are the ones that I mean, there, and there are specific scenes over the course of the season that I'm sure will make some of the trailers. But it's the same stuff that happens when you when you're reading a comic and you get to the end of of a, of a of an issue and there's a splash page and you realize like oh shit I didn't realize this person was in this run. We do the same thing on the show and uh, I mean except that we all know they're all in. Mm. Uh, but uh, but there's there are a couple moments like that that feel kind of goosebumpsy even just watching them watching the cuts doing editing for the seventh eighth time and watching some of these episodes and there are moments that still feel like oh wow the the nine year old in me is really excited right now. Um, yeah, it's just, it's mostly interactions among the four. That's what I would say. Is it what? Correct me if I'm wrong. Eight episodes. It's eight episodes. Yeah. How do you fit all this in eight episodes? We had some freedom in terms of how much, how many episodes we could have kind of presented <laughs> the audience at Netflix with, um, and eight felt felt right. I, I, 
it's a big story. Uh, we we just wanted kind of once once the ground it's 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 something I think I learned from Sons of Anarchy was once the the gas is cooking like once you hit the ground you just hit the ground running and you don't stop and you don't look back, and so it's very much it's a fast moving story, uh, and we the crisis unites these four and then they don't there's no rest there's mm-hmm. no time for bathroom breaks you know it's it's uh it's it's I think part of the binge model but also just part of the, the that immediacy I think is needed to keep these four very different people around each other. There's no kind of I don't think there's I think if any of them kind of went back home and showered and had a good breakfast and was like wait I interacted with who last night no what no I'm going back into my world I think they all kind of would have done that so it was it was necessary in order to keep the storytelling really organic and to, in order to keep their their interactions organic to feel like we are friends for eight days we are we are doing this and then we are getting we are going all back to our own corners of New York uh, so that that I think is uh, is it that's what the eight episodes are really. That sounds so awesome. Yeah, it's fun. It's really, it's really fun. <laughs> in some ways, it's almost been like you know we've really had to carve out the moments where they get to just kind of have quiet interactions with each other because it's so fast moving and there's so much plot and so much stuff happening that um, one of the great opportunities has been like okay, we know we've got the audience narratively. How do we kind of how do we keep the people who don't care about the plot mechanics still? And how do we keep the you know the actors doing interesting stuff that isn't just you know, stunts or, you know, crashing cars or throwing cars or beating up bad guys or bad ladies. Um, so some of those interactions that we've got to, that we got to carve out along the way, I mean, there's, there's so many that are unexpected I, that I never would have thought uh, I would have been excited about, but now look at them like, oh, wow, that was really cool. Some of them came last minute. Some of them came just because it was just like, well, we have these two actors and we're, the, the, sh- the episode needs another scene and and I think this should happen here. And, and uh, you know, creatively finding ways for, for specific conversations to happen between them. There, are, there. I'm, I'm hesitant to actually name many of them because we're not super locked on every episode, so I'm not sure if one of them will fall out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of those scenes aren't even just between the, the you know, the, the, the four heroes with their own shows. Some of those are between other people. It's like, oh, this is a good opportunity to have these people actually interact. Um, yeah, I don't know what your question even was. <laughs> I'm just fascinated by all this. This is it's. Yeah, it's it's been it's it's yeah, it's it's a little bit. I don't want to sound pretentious about it at all, but it it feels a little bit like having a, a bunch of instruments in an orchestra and mm-hmm. feeling like, well, what does it sound like when just these two instruments are playing? Okay, well, what are these two? What if we do these three? What if what if these three and then this one crashes in and suddenly like now this one's there? It's a lot of that because each of these characters are so, even beyond the the the, the top four, you know, every everyone is so driven and so specific and has and has specific goals and needs and wants and their own journeys. Uh, that you know, every every instrument is is an interesting and exciting one. So you kind of want you want to hear them all. And you want to hear them all do what they do well. I think uh, a couple of the things that are going to pop really well out of Defenders. People are going to love Colleen. Uh, people are going to love Misty. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, we'll have already experienced Colleen, luckily, because Iron Fist is already out. But um, everyone's got something to do. You know, everyone's right. running and gunning. Claire Temple is really badass. <laughs> Everyone is uh, everyone is active. Everyone is doing stuff. Everyone is saving New York. And I mean, obviously, in Luke, uh, Harlem's kind of a protagonist mm-hmm. to an extent. And Hell's Kitchen, obviously, with Daredevil, mm-hmm. uh, is there like a location? That's like- uh, well, no. Th- this in this one, we tried because we didn't want to just make it all happen in one place. I right. Think, I think New York kind of becomes a location, so it's a little bit. It's it's a little bit. Uh, 
larger in geographical scope mm-hmm. uh, than 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 any of the, the specific. You know, the Daredevil has this very specific Hell's Kitchen alley feel. Luke Cage has this very specific Harlem feel. This feels like well, if they're all together, they're all traveling around New York. So it's kind of all of all of it and all encompassing. Although I do I do think one of the rules, at least that I always <laughs> kind of try to live by, is we don't see landmarks on these shows. So we want it to feel like we definitely shot in New York. But, but not like we're trying to prove like we shot it in mm-hmm. New York. Uh, so I don't think you'll ever see the Statue of Liberty in the back, you know, or, or you know, we'll never go to Rockefeller Center for a fun, for a fun outing. Although I would pay to watch Luke Cage ice skate. <laughs> they, they, they uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really all of New York. There, there are a couple places that I, that I think it was really important to us to make them feel like, oh, this is a new location in this world. There are two, I think, over the course of the season that really feel like, oh, that's, that's a new addition to the Marvel uh, Netflix kind of landscape, and I mm-hmm. hope that they we kind of can come back to them in the same way that I'm trying to think of places on on the shows. Well, Josie's on on Daredevil, or the club on on Luke Cage, oh, really? you know, or JJ's That's... office on 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 JJ. So I'm not saying we see those. I'm just saying like that you know the same way that those feel like really iconic in parts oh, of their shows. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of locations that we really wanted to kind of create and make part of home for the defenders. That's awesome. Yeah. If, if you, you've been mentioning a lot of like, you know, dynamics between characters and, and, and certain people. You could pick one character that you're most excited for their arc. Just one. Oh, man. Ah, no matter what I say, I'm going to piss somebody off. Oh. Um, well, you, you can say no comment. I'll take that. I can say no comment for their arc, for their arc over the course of the season. Yeah. Okay, here's one that I haven't talked about at all. Okay, I, uh, Electra's arc is really cool. Oh, okay. Uh, Elodie Young is is a wonderful actor, and and also just one of the best actor slash stunt performers I've ever seen. She mm. can just she can do almost all of it. Um, so she's she's really dynamic and really cool, and has a great arc, I think. And I'm sure. I mean, this is way before your press junket gauntlet thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But is this going to, and you'll probably be asked this a ton, but after Defenders comes out, is this going to be such a dynamic thing where it changes the storylines of each show? Uh, everyone, it's 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 an it's an interesting kind of challenge, math wise, to be mm-hmm. given, because we have to. We, the Defenders is a show that is standalone, and if you've never seen any of the other shows, you can just plug in. And oh, watch that's it. cool. Yeah. That said, if you've seen the other shows and you watch it, you're not going to feel like it's redundant or you're being told the same information again. And similarly, you can you, you will be able to go on and keep watching these other shows if you haven't seen the events of The Defenders. Obviously, the ideal situation for Marvel and Netflix is everybody watches everything always. Of course. Um, is, you know, use your, use your Eat24 seamless app, order in some Chinese food, <laughs> and watch everything. Um, I love that I just gave randomly a plug to some app <laughs> that I'm definitely seamless. not getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag seamless, I guess. They're the ones that I like. Um, except for the, like, fees... For delivery, um, do something about that seamless. Um, yeah, the the idea is is that every show will be able to continue its own arc after, so you won't have to know what happened in the Defenders. Uh, I think the same way that like in, in in Daredevil season one, you didn't have to have watched the Avengers to know that there was an incident mm. in New York beforehand. Mm-hmm. But if you did know, fine. Uh, I, I do think I think this will be to borrow a phrase like some kind of some must watch television or must see TV or whatever that was called. So it's like Friends. It's a lot like Friends. <laughs> it's a lot like Friends. Yeah, and I'm the Joey of it. The Joey. <laughs> uh, it's nothing like Friends. <laughs> Thank God. Although I did, I did for a while want to title the episodes like the one where they fight. Sigourney. No way. Yeah. Really? No, no, no. Oh, that would be, be great. The one where Danny meets Luke. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, not like Friends. I promise you. Although there are there are really 
there are funny moments in it, I think. And part of the part of the challenge in in keeping the pace going and keeping the the action moving is always finding, in in a very Marvel brand way, I think finding the reason, e- even in the most dire of circumstances. I think what Marvel stories tell really well. And here I am just plugging Marvel stories I guess it's like there, even in the most dire circumstances there's always like a reason to be alive right. it's never so bleak there's always kind of like a reason to not just blow your own brains out um, and even even <laughs> if you know aliens are storming the building you're like I don't know something's worth it yeah. uh, and so finding those moments of humor here are great and I think um, some of our characters are really funny I think Luke is really funny um, I think JJ is hysterical on this show, I mean, hysterical is not the right word, but she's funny. She's, I, I, in thinking about JJ on this show, to me, the the, it was always she is my Han Solo. She's Han Solo of the Defenders. Uh, and you got to keep going if you're just, if you naming one. You got to oh, who's who yeah. of what? Um, well, it, it, wow, keeping it all in the Disney Marvel canon too, which is so. <laughs> Awful of me. This will be BuzzFeed worthy. We're gonna. I know. See. I will say. I will, and I'll say it on, on press tours and stuff. JJ is to me the Han Solo of the Defenders, which is to say she's she's the one who's the most cynical, but it means the most that she's there. Wow. You know, when when Han shows up again for a fight, you're like, oh, f- it's on. Like he, because if they got that guy to care, like the goosebumps are happening, and I care. Um, she's definitely the Han Solo of the Defenders. Um, well, Iron Fist has got to be Luke. The youngest and most yeah, that's naive. where it gets confusing. Then yeah. we start saying Luke, then people will start thinking I'm talking Cage. So I'll just I'll use him, his kid. Uh, <laughs> Iron Fist is yeah. Well, I mean even in, even in other you know should use other characters. I mean Daredevil definitely has a bit of of Captain America's idealism and his and his his heart is definitely in there. Um, yeah, I don't want to give everything away, you that's know. Good. But that's fair. But uh, but uh, yeah, Luke and Danny, man, Luke and Danny are fun. Luke and Danny have over the course of the season, I think Luke and Danny have have conversations that. Um, that would feel like they're pulled straight from the comics, I think, uh, from Heroes for Hire stuff, and also I think that feel really topical and really current. Mm. Um, there's more than one that I that I really feel like this could this could be happening on an episode of a cop show. You know, mm. just the conversation between between them about race relations and stuff. Uh, that stuff feels feels pretty cool. It feels pretty current. Is um since it's a standalone, like you mentioned, is there kind of like every character's like. Bruce Wayne's parents die scene to get people. Yeah, everyone. Oh, it's just it's just part of the Marvel uh, <laughs> interview process. You know what I mean? A it... dig at Batman. <laughs> uh, no, I mean you know, but we have to we have to assume, and of course I've never seen these things, but I'm sure Netflix has a, a chart mm-hmm. with like you know viewers have seen this, v- viewers who have seen this have not seen this or have seen this. But it was just a, a way to I think similarly to, to how, how the Avengers movies do it really well. It's just kind of just really quick. This is all you need to know about Hawkeye in order to enjoy this movie. You know. Um, I mean, I think you'll be able to survive if you don't know who Battle and Jack Murdoch was mm. on the show. But just to know, oh, that guy's dad was gunned down, and that's why he does good things in the city. That's all you kind of need to know, you know. Um, so yeah, in the first couple episodes, <laughs> don't be beware. No, don't don't worry, viewers. You'll 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 even if you've not seen the other shows, you'll get the haiku version of their of their uh, superpowers and their and their their whole deal. Um, which of course, in some in some cases, like with with JJ, like anybody mentions Kilgrave, and you know that kind of you get you get a rise out of her right. in some way. Um, so in some ways, it's really fun to kind of do the the mandatory. This is the everything you need to know sentence, and then to have JJ look at you and be like, "I will f- rip your throat out if you say that name again." You're like, "Oh, okay, cool." So there's there's something there that's dirty. Um, so yeah, no, there are no flashbacks of the. Uh, everyone's origin. We don't we don't need to see you know Seagate again. We don't need to go to Kunlun and see. Kunlun and see that again. You don't need to go to you know the whatever the the accident site for Daredevil. 
or who am I missing, or the, or the accident side for JJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just kind of get it. We'll just roll with the punches, and, and I think it's part of the forward more momentum that works on this show is you're, you'll get filled in on the way. Just get in the car. We'll tell you on the way. You know, it's like Terminator. <laughs> let, let me tell you everything you need to know about Terminator and about why we're being chased, Linda Hamilton. And let me just shoot out of the window <laughs> for a minute. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm listening. What's it called? Skynet, right? There's just, yeah. Let me tell you about Skynet, okay? Uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of the speed at which I think the show moves. Do villains from the previous shows team up? Uh, We tried, but they all keep dying. No. (laughs) Um, That's always perfect. Try to get Nobu, but his head's off. Um, And Kilgrave. Um, No, I I can't answer that, Uh, although I will say it it was important to us that each of those – each of those villains in in their individual world, I think, are so important to their individual worlds that it almost felt like, you know, I think it was my instinct, at least, and, and I know a lot of the other writers, too, to, to definitely keep those those people in, the, in that specific part of New York because the thing they're fighting now needs to be bigger. Mm. So the thing they're fighting now needs to be even bigger than Kilgrave or Fisk or Diamondback. You know, like, th- it just needs to be something something larger and more imposing. Like, mm-hmm. Diamondback is Luke's problem. Fisk is Daredevil's problem. You know, Kilgrave is JJ's problem. Um, but this this just needed to feel like it was a whole other thing. It's like it's like state versus federal. Like this is a federal problem. <laughs> is um you, you don't have to say you don't have to answer any of this or say anything, but is is there like a number of Easter eggs that you kind of throw in or they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Keep looking. No, they're they're everywhere, and there's so many people that are that are involved in making the show that also want to be you know part of the creative input of it all, which is which is fun. It's it's great to, to get an email saying, hey, look, so we needed a there 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 needs to be a beer keg in the back of this scene. Um, we'd like to make it the same beer that so and so drinks, and you know that exists in the Marvel universe of this stuff. Or I mean, they're they're everywhere. They're honestly almost every prop that's featured. Has been there's been a, there's been a conversation about should we make this an Easter egg? Will that be too distracting at this moment, <laughs> or should we actually just make it a cool? You know, it's just always constantly there. And then there's the stuff that you won't even really be able to see. Like there's there's the hilts of swords and, and little engravings that are all there that you'll never even in 4K or 5K or however many Ks you'll never be able to zoom in and see. Holy shit! Like these people put in time and effort to, to really make sure these worlds are really connected. Right. There are parts of there are sets on on these shows that feel like you're on a like a fully immersive theater or like a, 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 a theme park ride. Like the dojo on Iron Fist, that feels like a dojo. Like the, Lauren Weeks, the guy who designed these sets, you just walk in and you're like, okay, okay, this is real. Mm. Um, the Daredevil office has just tons of every. I mean, not Daredevil, Matt Murdock's office. Just all his files and all their stuff is just, it felt like lived in. Um, there's like old coffee containers in the, in the cabinets. You know, everything feels really lived in. And then whenever they can, they'll feature them and make them a, a bit of an Easter egg thing. But Easter eggs come in a billion different ways on this stuff. I mean, there are like needle drops to me. There are Easter eggs. There are uh, needle drop for the for the is it is it for my mom who might be listening is a, is when you feature a song. Yeah, your mom's uh, a big fan of this podcast. Yeah, she yeah, yeah really yeah. She asked me for your number. Is that cool? <laughs> I did not give it to her. <laughs> um, yeah, Easter eggs are Easter eggs galore. Wait um, for them. But and, and also I will say there, there are Easter eggs too. They're kind of like little references to. To non-Marvel related stuff, they're little, they're little moments. Every every day, I, w- I came in and tried to figure out how to how to have Sigourney say the line "Get away from her, you," <laughs> and it never worked <laughs> in my favor. But even even just you know admitting there's an outside world, and so there's other stuff that's not Marvel related that I still think gets Easter eggs. Or 
there are lines of dialogue that I'm that 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 I sometimes purposely referenced. There's like a song lyric or a or a that sounds pretentious, but it's trust me, it's always funny. Mm-hmm. Um, or a or a, I don't know moments in in current political climate stuff. Like it's just all there's stuff uh, that I've I'm gonna get fired for saying that that <laughs> that uh, that makes its way into uh into the show that he's even beyond Marvel Easter. We're getting chimes. It's from Joe Casada's computer. Oh cool. Does, can I answer some emails? <laughs> sure. Um does anyone seamless? Does it what? Does anyone seamless on the show? Is anyone seem does oh do do they use the app seamless? Yeah. The do they use the the great food Second. delivery app seamless? Uh, no, nobody seamlesses. There was a moment where there was almost a joke that I wrote in where someone Ubers. <laughs> and then, and then it felt like I don't even know how it went away, but I, th- I feel like we were like, well, will that be funny in ten years? We're like, no, I guess, I guess not. And 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 this show, ideally, is going to be something that people are going to enjoy or make their kids wow, force you... their kids to watch in ten years. When Uber is, you know, when we're in Uber flying cars at that point, obviously. You made this like the Titanic, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a terrible. A, ra- I don't even in know that, that it means. sinks. Yeah. <laughs> no, the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh. You yes. the total yeah, I built I built this giant thing and it <laughs> sunk. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, trying to make it as as uh, even even in choosing music or choosing uh, costumes, I think that the, the way that the shows have worked really well so far is you look at a, you look at a show like Daredevil season one, and the costumes feel evocative of a certain kind of '70s New York movie, but it's never you know explicit. You look at something like JJ's outfit, which I, JJ's costume I think is going to be one of those great Halloween costumes that mm. lasts 30, 40 years. People yeah. will still be dressing like JJ, uh, and they should. Um, but yeah, I think there's a, there's a cool kind of ageless thing, and then once in a while there's you know some, there's something that feels really current, but also I think is a really important snapshot, like with what Cheo did with with Luke in the hoodie, which I, I still think is kind of one of the most important moments in TV in the last couple of years. Right. Is is the thought that somebody would would kind of write a love letter to a to a current event and, and immortalize it, I think it's just lovely. Um, speaking of the music, mm-hmm. obviously, what can you say on that end? Uh, I, can, <laughs> I can say that each, I mean, look, music has always been really important to me um, it, uh, in shows that I work on. I, it's something that, again, just to bring it back to that once again, um, something that I think that, that Kurt Sutter was really great at on Sons of Anarchy, which you've never seen. Uh, he had a house band that would often play covers and they would play these covers often at like the end of an episode, and or, and, and it was always lovely, and it, it always kind of worked. And the fact that it was the same house band kind of made it always feel like you were checking in with with the same musical DNA at the end of an episode. I don't, I'm not sure he did it every episode, but you know we did a lot. And uh, I'm not saying we do that here, although I would have loved for us to have had a house band. Um, you could have played bass. Dang it! <laughs> I've been waiting to get my could've my mark. You. Um, but uh, Chris Caraba could have been there. Chris, oh, we got to give a shout out. To shout Chris. out! Shout out to Chris Caraba. <laughs> That's more confessional. The best. Um, yeah, it, it, musically, the, uh, the, the DNA of the show, I mean, the composer who's, who's doing the music is John Paisano, the guy who's, who did Daredevil season one and two. He's also done the Maze Runner um, movies, which wow. I think sound awesome. I just watched it on the airplane the other day, and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's a cool score. It, it's like Die Hard for tweens. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, it is. Uh, but, uh, but even beyond that, you know, I mean, I, I, to me – and maybe I can talk about this, maybe not, but there were certain moments like getting when Netflix was was in having discussions with us about getting uh the rights to uh come as you are for the for the first teaser trailer that went out. It felt like, oh, there's a finger on a specific pulse there 
there's the Nirvana aesthetic is kind of like the grungy. We don't really want to be on this stage, but we'll do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Aesthetic is exactly what the Defenders is. It's not. They are not going to you know a tower with their with their name on it. They don't care. They're not getting fitted for suits any time soon. They're just there. They're going to be awesome, and then they're going to go. You know, and that's and that's kind of that was right. So that's correct. Um, that, I, I love that that kind of has become part of the part of the audio identity of the show in some way and I think we'll hopefully continue a little bit with a little more Nirvana um, in the in the campaigns and stuff I think come uh, I almost always say come away with me which is like the complete opposite <laughs> of a Nirvana song it's a Nora Jones like Starbucks jam um, but yeah come as you are was was it was a good was a good vibe um, there's certainly a grunge kind of aesthetic to the show to the way we shot it and, and to the version our version of New York on the show Um I also couldn't help when I was thinking of Danny and Luke, even just visually over the course of the show, I could not help but think of Run the Jewels. So to me, Danny and Luke are Run the Jewels. And uh, Luke, Luke is Killer Mike and Danny is LP. Even just the optics of how they wow. shoot those guys yeah. uh, for music videos or for uh, you know album covers or stuff. Or just, I've seen them twice, just seeing them perform on stage. feels like there's really a very dynamic, the, the, their dynamic is very much like, like Danny and Luke's, I think. Um, so you know you might get a little of that in there. You might that that feel that very kind of New York hip hop vibe, um, even though I know Killer Mike is look, trust me, I know these things. But because um, he's from Atlanta, he's from Hotlanta. Yeah. Um, but even even something about there's something about when 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 Killer Mike was on the Bernie campaign trail, you know, like there's something about Killer Mike that felt like really wise mm-hmm. and uh, but like street level wise, and there's something about LP that feels like he can punch really fast. Um, you know, it might not be the hardest punch, but f- you, he's gonna punch you a hundred times. And that uh, that felt like well until Danny summons the fist um and then it's and then it's the one um but yeah just aesthetically i think those were ways in thinking of thinking of jj and matt's dynamic as kind of a grunge dynamic helped um and thinking of the other two as as my run the jewels i think i don't weirdly that helped i don't know why this reminded me of it but we had this famous comedian um come by once rob cordry Mm -hmm. he said his asked who his favorite character was he said daredevil and i was like and this was years ago and i was like why and he's like you know Fantastic Four will call him. They're like, we need you in space. And Daredevil's like, no, I got a B&E on 57th Street. Yeah. And that really, like, that kind of hits home a lot with what you're kind of talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's who these characters are. They're never going to fight aliens in space, at least not on Defenders, you know? Uh, it's They're not going to fight aliens until aliens show up in Harlem. Yeah. And then, now it's time to fight aliens. You know, they're never gonna they're never gonna suit up and go fight the war. They'll only kind of really care if the war comes here, yeah. because they know if they leave, their, their communities will be affected. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting balance to say like, oh, it has to be a really big, a really big threat to New York that comes in, um, but similarly, it can't be too big. So mm-hmm. that 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 fine line was was fun to walk. The last thing I want to cover before mm-hmm. I let you go is we've talked about this a lot. You're becoming a celebrity in your own right. What? You be talking about this. So my friends like geek out when I tell them I'm oh, hanging weird. out with you or I'm, you know, texting you or whatever. It's the weirdest. It's, it's, how, how, what is it like now? I don't know. I, a, I have to say I don't know. I, I, I've not seen any of it, so that's, Come there you on, go. that's not true. I, d- I don't think I have. No, even like the, one of the great things about being a writer or, in, you know, or a director or anything is, or even a, a visual artist in some capacities, I can walk around a Comic-Con and nobody knows. Kirkman can't do that. You know, Kirkman, I heard this great story about how he wore like a, a stormtrooper helmet and just walked an uh, entire con. Um, but, you know, there, there are f- people who can't. Frank Miller can just walk in. People will know who he is. Um, Alan Moore can't walk in because they definitely know who he is. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, um, but I haven't, I haven't felt that. No, 
really. But I, what I do feel once in a while is, is, is this, this job has wonderfully given me access to people who I don't know that I would have ever been able to interact with. Shout out to Chris Caraba again, you know, shout <laughs> he's, out. To, he's one of them. that was. Yeah. He's yeah. one through you, which was great. Um, but no, he's one who's geeked out when I mentioned your name. Weirdest. Yeah. yeah. That's just so strange to me. I don't know. It's, it's weird to me. Um, but sitting across in a, you know, in a, at lunch, sitting across from Sigourney was just like, this is happening, you know, and it's, it's weird to kind of engage and try to not let that take over, but then check in in your head and be like, yeah, no, this is still totally happening. And honestly, look, I, I'm, we're sitting on, on at Joe Quesada's desk. First time I met him, I was kind of like, you are talking to Joe Quesada. This is happening. <laughs> You're keep breathing. Um, yeah. And I, and I hope that that stuff never goes away. Mm-hmm. I hope I always feel those weird <laughs> butterflies. Um, Anything else you want to mention about the show before we go? Nothing. Just go. Just you know, go in with with open hearts and open minds, y'all. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Mostly, it's gonna be fun. It was really fun to make. Um, everyone worked so hard to make it. Um, and uh, and we've all just been waiting to make this for for a long time. So I can only hope as I go back into post and go back into trying to make sure the VFX look as good as they can, and the sound is as cool as it is. Like it's just just uh, I can only hope people respond to it and like it as much as we like making it. And uh, plug your Twitter. Plug my Twitter, Marco Ramirez, MD. I'm not a doctor, but it was easier than Marco Ramirez, 7897-Seamless76. Um, yeah, do that. People, people, you know, sometimes write me, in, and uh, if, if they have interesting questions, I write back. If they don't, I'm just like, no. Well, congratulations, man. Thank you like, very much. You have always been kind to us. You're a great guy. All the success is deserving, so we're all very excited for it the show. It means a lot. Thank you. And thanks for taking the time. You got it. All right, that's it, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, big thanks to Marco for taking the time. He was actually supposed to be on set filming an episode of The Defenders while we were doing the podcast, and he was getting phone calls, and he was still a trooper and talked with us. So that was awesome of him. Uh, again, want to thank Melissa, Sean, Henry, and everyone over at Netflix and Marvel TV who helped out. Um, and make sure to catch The Defenders. This is Marvel, your universe.